with a look back over the weekend sports action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Welcome along to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday evening. Uh, good to be back with you again for Full Time. Lots coming up on the show. We're going to be, of course, talking about Shamrock's famous win there, uh, their fifth consecutive title in Kilkenny, uh, making history there. We're going to be looking back on all the Camogie action over the weekend with Anya Fahi. Uh, I'll, I'll also be speaking to Donald Nolan as well. He's the Carlo LGFA uh, Secretary, and we're going to be talking about the opening round of Leinster uh, football games there uh, over the weekend as well. But I did just mention her there. Anya Fahi joins me now on the line. How are you keeping, Anya? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Good, not too bad. Um, as I was saying, there are lots of camogie action over the weekend uh, in the junior, the intermediate, and the senior as well. But maybe we'll start off with the senior, uh, Anya. Uh, Thomastown causing a bit of an upset there. I think everyone had expected uh, Dixborough to get the win of course the reigning champions but uh, Thomastown had other ideas Yeah they certainly did and you know what a game of smoky both teams um, really gave a display on Saturday afternoon in Freshford it was definitely you know I suppose as you said Dixborough were going to be overwhelming favourites going into that game they were trying to do the back to back they just seemed all year that they were the on farm team you know, no team was getting getting really within an inch of them. And, you know, they were throwing up some major, major scores. Thomastown probably delighted with the fact that they were coming in as underdogs. I suppose it's, it's quite maybe a new look team with a lot of new players kind of coming into it. But then I suppose when you say new look, they still have some of the, the golden oldies that are still there and the, the stalwarts of the club. But, you know, it was, it was a brilliant, I think, all-round team display from Thomastown. They just didn't give Dixborough an inch. They hounded them. They hunted in packs where you saw one Dixborough player. There were three or four Thomastown players just literally in around them, you know, trying to foul them on the ball, making sure that Dixborough were fouling on the ball and, you know, really putting them under severe pressure. All in all, like, you have to say Thomastown are undoubtedly deserving champions. They were just absolutely excellent in the way they approached the game. And, you know, unfortunately for Tullerone, we were at the receiving end of of a first round of the league defeat to them. And, um, by God, you know, I should have known then that these guards meant business. But um, they, they were just, they were just brilliant like throughout the whole field like Eva Hines popping up scored the winning point there towards the end she was absolutely excellent from the start um, she you know she came off at half time the last day in the semi-final she was heavily strapped again at the weekend but you know she was really really good Anna Farrell and Emer Farrell were absolutely excellent as well I thought Joanne Patrick was excellent Sally team was brilliant but I think for me just consistency throughout the 60, 62, three minutes of Ireland. I thought Jenny Reddy was fabulous. She was up and down the field. There was absolutely no stopping her. But all in all, you have to say, Thomstown, you know, they deserved their win. They went in at half time. I think was a one seven to four points up. And, you know, they really pushed on from there. Yeah, and and I I know that they uh, they seem to make the better start as well to the game on you. Do you think that Dixborough were a little bit shell-shocked by that? Yeah, I think so. And, like, you know, this is probably something that Eve Dixborough would have looked at in the semi final that Thomastown played against Clara. They went 1 5, 1 6 up, and Clara didn't know how to respond to them. And I suppose in the back of Dixborough's minds, they were probably saying, right, we can't allow them to get this start. But, you know, Thomastown, it's, it's in their treat. Like, they got off to a really good start. And once they were leading, there was no way, like, Dixborough managed to pull it back to a draw. But 
Thomas Town just kept on ticking away there. They kept on throwing over the points. But I definitely think the start, the goal that Emer Farrell got in the first half, I really think that that kind of capitalised everything for Thomas Town. They really drove on from there. And it was a brilliant goal. You know, her sister Anna Farrell, you know, just spotted her. And it was, Emer was like a train just coming straight down through the heart of the Dixford fence, got the ball, buried it low into the left hand corner. Kirsty Marr. You know, nobody would have stopped that goal. It was, it was a phenomenal goal. And, you know, they just kept on ploughing away. And then towards the second half, you know, they got another goal there from a long-range free. Not sure if Eva Hines or Anna Farrell, which one of them was going to claim it. But nonetheless, it really kind of really set Hamstown going. And I just wanted to ask you as well, Anya, about, you know, they, they led there by six points at the break. Um, which mm-hmm. is not a huge amount in Harlan or in Camogie, but at the same time, it's a nice cushion. Um, but then Dixborough came back out then in the second half and like you nearly thought, God, Thomastown are going to let this slip. Do you think that they just ran out of steam in the first half or what was the problem? No, I, do you know what it was? Like the, the wind was so, so strong. And I know we said it a couple of times and we were kind of saying like the wind was going to be a massive factor. And, it, you know, it really turned out it was. But I think the way Thomastown kind of set themselves up in the second half, you know, they weren't going to let that dictate dictate the pace of the game. Dixborough had to do really, really well to get back with, to get back within a draw match of them. And they did that. And But just from there, it seemed like everything that went right for Dixborough Thomastown were able to double that effort and they were able to push on from it so yeah all in all like you have to say like Thomastown definitely they had their homework done they had a game plan they were sticking to that game plan like you could nearly see the frustration coming across with some of the Dixborough players you know when things weren't going the way because they probably weren't really in that situation in a long time the fact that the team was keeping in so close to them and I think that's what proved the pivotal point that Thomastown were able to push on from that and I felt like Thomastown were really, really hungry for this. Like, you know, they had last won the title in 2020, 2020, I think it was, 2019. And I think after that, there was kind of like a drought nearly in Thomastown, which they wouldn't be so used to. Mm. And I think really, I think they were a lot more hungry or far. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that because, you know, you're talking about two years there, two, three years. It's not what anyone would really call a famine on you. But at the same time, these are ambitious girls. They're they're wanting to get back up to the top. So you think that maybe that might have been a factor, just that little bit more hungry than, um, hungrier than than maybe Dixborough were? Yeah, I think so. And I think a lot of it with Thomastown as well, they had absolutely nothing to lose in it. Like, as I mentioned, they were going in as underdogs. They, you know, probably they were slightly delighted with it. Dixborough probably didn't like the fact that they were going in with a favourite tag on them. But I think, I think when it came down to it, when it boiled down to it, if you looked at the work rate, like Thomastown were everywhere. They weren't. There was. They were literally on top of the Dixborough players at all time. Their half back line commanded so so well. Like they were well able to keep going. And but I do think like the half forward line for Thomastown in particular, Eva Hines, Emer Farrell, and actually Sarah Barker was playing out on the half forward line. They completely dominated the first 20-25 minutes of that game. And I think that's where the win really really came for. The forwards were working just as hard as their backs down there. And just looking at Dixborough then, Anya, do you think I had a bit of a discussion there with Martin before coming on air, just talking about the weekend camogie action and chatting a little bit about Dixborough. Do you think maybe their route to this final, uh, they could have had maybe more competitive games that would have stood to them better than than the games that they did have? Maybe they weren't adequately prepared in terms of, uh, you know, the, the standard of the opposition, maybe? 
No, do you know what it is? I feel like with Dixborough, I think that they definitely have set a really high standard for themselves. And I think that they've certainly set a high standard for Camogie in general at senior level in Kilkenny. And, you know, they were going out, they were taking every game and they weren't taking any of them for granted. They were going out and they were doing their own thing. Like, yes, you could say because they were coming out with wins of maybe 10, 12 points and, you know, they had an 11-point win in the semi-final, they probably didn't have as close a game as Thomastown. Yes, that could have had some bearing on them. But I do think that Dixborough, you know, they would have been very well prepared for that. Like, their management team would have made sure that they were tuned in. I believe they were getting an awful lot of challenge matches at the start of the year from teams outside of Kilkenny. And, you know, that was all in preparation for a, for a county final, for a county semi-final. And, you know, I, I just think on the day, I, it really came down to the work rate alone from Thompson and the fact that Thompson just would not let Dixborough hurl. Anya, just, uh, I just heard in the bulletin there just before coming on air as well who they're, they're going to be facing in uh, the opener round of the Leinster Championship. So they're going to be coming up against uh, St. Vincent's there, uh, I believe. Uh, is that a team that they'd be familiar with, do you know, or how do you see that one going? Yeah, like Thomastown would have probably come up against St. Vincent's in previous Leinster Championship. So like they both teams would have been, they'd be fairly well acquainted with each other. That game is going to be on Saturday, November 12th. But I feel like Thomastown will have a new lease of confidence with all their new kind of younger players back in the fray, coming into the fray there. I don't think there's going to be any fear of them. I think really the monkey on the back was for them was to be getting over the county final and they're after winning that. And I think anything now after that is going to be an added bonus for them obviously their next aim is going to be to win a Leinster final and I, I honestly think that if they keep going the way they're going they can certainly be the main contender for it but St. Vincent of Dublin would be classed as a very very good team so they're going to have to have their game plan really set in order against that game yeah definitely I just want to have a, a quick chat with you as well Anya about the intermediate and the junior final as well in the intermediate mm-hmm. uh, James Stevens and uh, Roar in a Stieg in that one um, ended with a six point victory there for James Stevens. what happened to, to Roar in a Stieg because they, well, they were well in it I think at the beginning um, how, how would you assess that game Anya? To be, to be fair, we obviously didn't get to go to that match because we were inside and fresh got the junior match. But from from the reports that we're hearing back, you know, uh, Rornish Teague certainly took full advantage of the wind in the first half. I believe Kelly Hamilton completely dominated. But Rornish Teague having all... Or, James Stevens having all the experience they didn't panic at all they kept on plucking away at the scores and in the second half they really came out they started to dominate Emma Gaffney got player of the match at full back I believe she was absolutely crucial to the victory that James Stevens got Emma Minogue and Hannah Scott I believe also gave an exhibition of hurling in the half back line there and Neve Dealey really stood up when she, when she was needed most for her club and she drove it on and you know what James Stevens they just didn't panic they kept on plucking away at the points you know they, they, Rowan Stieg didn't score in the second half which is you know you would say it was quite poor but they just seemed to completely fall apart and James Stevens just pushed on the main thing I think for James Stevens is they didn't panic they knew that Rowan Stieg were going to have their purple patch they had it for the first half an hour but you know if that was any other team they could drop their head but no way James Stevens just kept on going and you know they're, they're the length they're the um, intermediate county champions now this year and they're going to be a serious team to contend with next year at senior level yeah, and you mentioned there the junior game, which you were at and doing commentary on that game uh, with Martin Quilty. Uh, Carrick shot getting the better there of John Locke's Bennett's Bridge. Uh, only one point, though, separating the teams in the end on you. 
Yeah, and what an absolute humdinger of a game. You know, it was definitely one of the, the best games of Camogie I've ever seen, especially the last 15, 20 minutes. It was literally helter-skelter. It was anybody's game. I think there was a minute, minute and a half left on the clock and it, the county final was literally in um, John Locke's Bennett's bridge hands. And next thing, all of a sudden, on your own, went down, belted a, a ball into the back of the net, and you know, put uh, Carrick Shock up by a point, and for Carrick Shock to win, it was, it was just such high intensity. You didn't know which way it was going to go. It was a fabulous, fabulous game of camogie that was on display, and you know, you, your heart would have to go out for John Locke's Bennett's bridge. They were just there. They nearly had it. But unfortunately, you know, as they say, the match isn't over until the final whistle goes. And that's the kind of that's the kind of attitude that Carrick Shock had. They kept on going and they got that goal that was going to put them up to intermediate. And you know what? They well deserved it. You know, they kind of nearly, I'd say, probably would be disappointed with their first half performance. But then when they came out in the second half, I have to say, Anya Rowan was absolutely phenomenal for Carrick Shock. She was, she was everywhere. She covered the whole middle third of the field popping up for scores she was absolutely excellent a big kind of a loss for Carrie Shock was nearly Margaret Irish going off the field I'm not sure if it was a shoulder injury or a collarbone injury she had but she was a massive loss because she was causing havoc she was after scoring two points and you nearly kind of felt when she went off the field you know is this where kind of Carrie Shock are going to fall back a bit but no way they absolutely they kept on going they kept on plugging away at the John Locks girls and they got the they got the main goal in the end that was the difference but for me John Locks Brent's Bridge Vivian Holmes was absolutely outstanding she was everywhere for them and you know it's just such a pity but I think John Locks Brent's Bridge they're only a newly formed club they can be very very proud of what they've what they've achieved this year obviously they're going to be heartbroken to not win the county final but there's definitely a really really bright future there yeah, definitely. And where Camogie is concerned in Kilkenny overall, because great quality uh, Camogie on display there in, in, in all the finals, in the junior, the intermediate and in the senior as well. Uh, Anya, great talking to you as always. Uh, looking forward to listening to the podcast, which I know that you're recording tomorrow night. Uh, so yeah. look, uh, all the best with that. And uh, I'll chat to you again very soon. No thanks, Alright, thanks a million. That was uh, Anya Fahi there. Uh, she's KCLR Camogie commentator and podcaster as well. Come on, kind. We're going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Ger Walsh, Thomastown Senior Camogie Manager. So looking forward to that one. Do stay tuned. That's coming up right after these. Full time on KCLR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Great talking to Anya Fahi there just before the break, talking about all of the going through and dissecting all that happened in the junior, the intermediate and the senior final. Speaking of the senior final, uh, we do have an interview here with Ger Walsh from Thomastown uh, and he was talking uh, to Martin Quilty just after the final whistle and here's what he had to say. Ger Walsh. He really threw the form book out the window in that one. He have just defeated Dixborough in the senior county final. How do you feel? Delighted. Delighted that, uh, look, I'm not going to go down the road of saying that we've been vindicated or whatever. Uh, but I mean, the girls today, we, we had our meeting during the week and we said we were going to war. And that we knew that's what we was going to have to take here today, uh, conditions and the borough. Um, and that's what we did, you know. And I mean, they threw everything at us and we threw everything at them. And we were lucky to come out on top. But it just showed the last play of the game to come up and get that score. Just for me, epitomises what we're about, which is just work rate, heart, determination and camaraderie. 
it was an unbelievable first half from yourselves. You know, you went in at the break six points ahead, all yeah. thanks to a very well-worked goal, to be fair to you. And you really pushed on when you went ahead at Dixborough and you didn't relent. No, we didn't. I thought, look, we were, I thought we should have got more scores in, in, in the first half, maybe one more goal. Uh, but uh, look, at I, it was toss-up at half-time, whether it was enough, but I mean... To me, it's not the scoreboard that matters. It's what matters is the girls that are in front of you. And what mattered to me at halftime were the girls that were going out in the second half to finish off a job. Um, so, I mean, to me, I wasn't really watching the scoreboard, but uh, they're just relentless, like in their work rate and their attitude and everything else. And that, in the end, is what won it for us. But in fairness, your work rate was unbelievable today. Um, you know, right from Kate McDonald's all the way down to Trey Donnelly and the subs that came on as well. They were immense. Like they, they really tore into Dixborough, and you could see that the amount of turnovers, especially for over carry and freeze, that G won as soon as some of the Dixborough girls got the ball, he swarmed around them. But that's what you have to do, Martin. If you're not going to bring that to a county final, you have no business being here. Now, I mean, I look at the Borough came and did the same, but I don't know, did we outwork them or did we get the few breaks or whatever, but that was our game plan all along, and that's the way we play. Uh, heart on our sleeve, we just go out, we attack everything, we play for each other, we back each other up, we run off the shoulder. If somebody's in trouble, I tell you, for me, for what epitomised it for me was Therese Donnelly over on the far sideline. Um, just 10 minutes ago, she was... There was one borough person and Therese made a tackle, three more piled in and she was there one on four till somebody came to help her. She held the ball up, somebody came in, we won the ball and, and drove it out. So, I mean, that to me is no surprise. That's what they're about, that's what they've always been about. Dixborough are a good team as well, came back at you. You know, the goal that they scored was a very well-worked move to draw the game level. But you go down the other end of the field then a couple of phases later and you get a goal yourself. Clear it up for us because we couldn't see it. Who actually scored the second goal? I, for, for what I could see, it was Anna connected with it um, in the air. The ball was dropping in uh, from Eva Hines, dropped short. Anna connected with it in the air and it wound up in the back of the net. Look, at, look you get those goals. Like, I mean, fair bit of skill to connect with a high ball dropping like that. But, I mean, look at our work rate. I think we deserve to get the breaks today and, and we did um, and again back to the same story when we needed to point to win the game we came up and got it um, and that was against that breeze and that took an effort that took that took camaraderie that took team whatever you want to call it but that was everybody working for everybody else um, and that's what we're about the team show great character all year people have been saying and I mean we haven't given you much chance to be fair either on the podcast I mean we've went with form and that's why I said to you form has really gone out in the window yeah. but I mean you know you're not gone anywhere I mean you're not in transition you might have lost a few girls but by God you still have them no like, I mean I heard nonsense during the week of somebody talking about Shelley Farrelly Shelley has gone four years and was a brilliant player for her but to be referencing her for, you know people should know better than that but what it also showed to me was I thought uh, a lack of belief in the players that we have here that they can step into the breach and play. Do you know what? Those girls have been playing all year, all along, and over the last... Don't forget, we won a county final two years ago. Do you know, with, with damn near the same team. I'm missing one or two this year, but we never referenced that. Everybody else seems to be caught up about who we were missing. I mean, my attitude is, if you're 15 tagged out, that's enough. Do you know? And it showed there again today. Like So, I mean, we've lost great names or whatever, but people step into the breach. Sarah Hudson, 18 years of age. She was a midfielder all her life, underage. We put her back, corner back. She fought like a dog there today. You know, Therese Donnelly... Our, Lisa Donnelly as well I mean we lost four backs from last year and then we lost another one with Sinead Galway this year through a cruciate and we had to start bringing back midfielders and half forwards to, to, and they never batted an eyelid they said where do you want me to play give me my jersey and out I go and that's what they did today again conditions were tough as well as you can probably hear behind us the wind is blowing and it was a strong breeze but it didn't leave your face either in the second half playing against it like you done well no and I mean look at uh, 
hard work against it always works again a breeze I'm never too phased about going out against the breeze okay because it turned it around the other way where you have the breeze uh, people seem to think the ball will go over the bar but, Brian thank you uh, but I mean it doesn't you have to put it over the bar but I knew look at we just said again we referenced at half time we sat down during the week and said we were going to war and that's exactly what we did and we said it at half time we had to go to war again in the second half to get out of this and that's that's the way it worked out I know you're only a man that takes one game at a time but we have to say it, you are champions now you go on to Leinster into a semi-final and meet the Dublin champions it's a game that you're not going to get phased over either you're going to go straight into it and relish a chance at the Dublin champions as well we'll take a couple of days off and celebrate and we'll get back ahead then and we'll relish a crack ahead of course we will but that's bonus territory for us don't get me wrong at the start of the year it was always about getting back and winning a county final and that's that's the goal we set ourselves that's the aim we set ourselves in a difficult year for all clubs with girls gone on holidays and girls had to take breaks and it had to be done be, given what went on over the last couple of years but I mean look at that was our that again like I said we're into bonus territory with Leinster we'll, we'll take today and relish it well, you can certainly be sure you'll be top of the bill on the Camogie Kine, or the Come On Kind podcast uh, on Tuesday night this week anyway, and it won't be the fact that uh, we'll be writing you off. Nah, thanks very much for that, Martin. But look, at if I can say something here, um, I'd like to thank Fisford for the use of their facility here, savage place and everything like that. But at the end of the day, as a player said to me during the week, I didn't dream when I was running around a garden um, hitting the ball to my father that I dream of playing a county final in Freshford I dreamt of playing a county final in Nolan Park and I think in this day and age that that's where it should be um, everybody needs to, to get their heads together yeah, it doesn't need to be at a national level it has to be at a local level even and that these girls and this game this spectacle today deserved to be I'm not going to say a curtain raiser for a senior county final tomorrow but it's, it was a, deserved to be a standalone fixture in our county ground in Nolan Park and I think the sooner that happens the better and there's a lot of people that exact sentiment well, hopefully, well, we need to get it done, Martin. There's no point talking about it. Well, well done, Sage. Our congratulations you, and best of luck in the next day. Thank you. Yeah, great interview there with Ger Walsh, the senior Thomastown Camogie manager. Really looking forward to that clash with St. Vincent's of Dublin as well. We're going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the break, you're going to hear from Joey Cuddihy from Shamrocks, and then we'll have our chat with Adrian Ronnie Ronan as well. So that's all to come right after this break. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now I'm going to catch up with Ronnie Ronan in just a few minutes to talk about Shamrocks versus The Village yesterday. Uh, but just before we do that, I want to hear now uh, from Joey, Joey Cudahy, who popped up with 1-3 from play yesterday, real contender for Man of the Match. And right after the final whistle, Ronnie, who we're going to be speaking to now in a moment, uh, spoke to Joey. Yeah. Joey Cudahy. 1-2 in a county final and you didn't start the game all year yeah it's a sweet one I suppose any day you score 1-2 is a good one but just look got my chance in there today and just tried my best tried to work hard and I suppose the goal felt for me lovely and I suppose that's what happened so what is it about Joey Cuddy he, he only seems to score points from sidelines do you don't like taking a, a score from front of the goal well considering I was here against Tullerone last week and I was on my own on 45 and looking wide so the, the, the running joke all week was keep me under pressure and put me on the sideline <laughs> but no I must work on the ones in front of goal <laughs> Joe you're one of the younger players to be involved hurling with legends like the likes of TJ the likes of Colin Finley and to be passed set up and to win five county final medals did you ever 
ever think that when you started with the Shamrocks? No, Jesus, before, before I played, I used to do the hurls and even you'd be starstruck in the dressing room in there. So when you get the chance to hurl with them, they really bring you on and it's a case of you're doing what they're doing so you're going to be up there competing with the best and you have no choice it's sink or swim really when you're hurling with them so they're a, they're a great um, they're a great inspiration and they really drive all the younger lads on Joe you had an injury I don't think you played since the All-Ireland final but you worked hard I believe on your own yeah I had an injury there ongoing and I got a little um, injection in my Achilles so I was, I was minding that but I was working away in the gym, I was down to train and, and Niall Acey was very good in fairness, he kept on top of me. I never want to see the rowing machine again. <laughs> but, uh, no, the, the, the backroom team are great there, they kept us all in great shape all year. So. Joey Cuddy, well done. Thanks you. Much. Good All right. Yeah, that was Joey Cuddy there speaking to our very own Adrian Ronnie Ronan uh, right after the final whistle there. I think I credited Joey uh, Cuddy with an extra point there. It was 1-2 he scored from play but still an outstanding performance uh, there from him as I said just before uh, playing out that audio definitely a contender for man of the match yesterday now uh, I mentioned uh, Adrian Ronnie Ronan and he does join me on the line now how are you keeping Adrian? Good today thanks very much not too bad Good good um, yeah like nice listening to, to that audio there from, from Joey outstanding performance as I was saying by him uh, to think that he hasn't played a match all year is, is fairly amazing to, to think about because uh, he, he was just unbelievable there yesterday but so many unreal performances uh, right right through the park yesterday uh, Adrian um, and you have to give credit you have to take your, your hat off to Shamrock fifth uh, all fifth um, consecutive county title there in a row in history uh, there's some team yeah um, there's some outfit um, all over those last 50 years Dick they've um, continued to uh, be successful when you see their history uh, in their 50 years of existence 20 county finals um, you see other clubs how long it takes to win uh, one title um, it just goes to show how successful there and just um, I suppose the, the foundations that are there you know in Ballyhale the last 50 years you know what I mean they're, they're a modest outfit and um, just it's just pure hurling genius at all times and they just then come along and they bring groups of players together and then they bring outstanding individuals and outstanding characters and you know the conversation after yesterday's match um, for a lot of people was and is and was and is TJ one of the best we've ever seen, you know, and imagine they're talking like that um, in Ballyhead when they've had the likes of Henry um, Shefflin, you know, so, you know, the, the the conversations, as I said, over the winter now will be uh, about TJ and, and his, his contribution to Ballyhead and Kilkenny, yeah. but again, his contribution yesterday was massive. Oh, it was unbelievable, and yeah, you're right, I've, I've heard, um, you know, I was having a couple of those conversations myself yesterday as well, Ronnie, and I think it's undisputed that he's definitely the best player of, of this generation, but quite possibly uh, the greatest of all time as well, and like, he was just unbelievable yesterday, he made it look easy, really, didn't he? He did, for sure, um, but uh, when you talk of TJ and Kilkenny the best of all time you know you have to talk about Henry and you have to speak about TJ uh, and you know in these lifetimes we've I've lucky to know and heard with most of them guys and then you have mentioned JJ Delaney Tommy Welsh the, end, the list is endless I don't think it's a conversation maybe for today but his contribution was massive yesterday again 
just when um, Ballyhale um, were under a little bit of pressure James Stevens got off to a great decent start to the first 20 minutes they were hungry they were winning most of the breaks were on to every break just wasn't reflected on the scoreboard and then I think for one one of the long puck outs that Dean Mason took TJ caught the ball and it just like a light switch he just they just turned on the style then and he carried them the last uh, 10 minutes before half time they got 7 unanswered points when James Stevens got the goal the boys rattled off Ballyhale rattled off 7 unanswered points to win 11 points to 1-5 and then he orchestrated again in the second half and, and then on the back up and the supporting cast were excellent but look his contribution was massive again and probably was one of the best 14 man displays ever seen in, in, a, in a Kilkenny County final but in any match you know, to see a 14 man performance, like they just completely took control of the game and worked the ball through the lines and seemed to have this, they seemed to have an extra man when in fact they didn't, uh, they were down to 14. But look, an outstanding team with outstanding individuals and, and um, the likes we might have never seen again, we might never see again. No, and, and just to kind of go back to the start, uh, Ronnie, like, you know, I think there was a lot of anticipation leading into this game because, of course, you have a star studded Shamrocks team, but the village, there was a little bit of excitement, I think, around the village because they seemed to come from nowhere. Uh, they had a very disappointing league campaign, and then Brian Cody is involved uh, as a selector, and people are kind of thinking, you know, he has so much experience, what is he going to bring? Uh, there was a lot of anticipation for this game, but it was a kind of, a, I thought, a bit of a shaky start to, to the game. There was a lot of nerves there. They're uh, struggling to kind of settle on the ball. Did you find that? Yeah, well, it's typical county final uh, because, as we said, there was an undercurrent. Uh, the Shamrocks going for five in a row that brought its own pressures. The village, being the village and those players involved, there was an expectation. They went in uh, obviously to perform, and they believed in their own uh, level of performance, and they believed in that they had a great chance, which they did. And they came up with a great fight for a long time. But just as we said. Um, after 20 minutes it looked like there was only going to be one winner from then on you know even though to be fair at near the very end um, Ross Whelan had a, a chance Leon Kilfoyle had a chance hit the crossbar came back out off the upright Ross Whelan doubled on us and if that had to go in to 57 minutes on the clock and we looked up 57 minutes on the clock that would have brought it back to three points and then you had a grandstand finish like but look um the Shamrocks were never going to be denied after uh, Joey Cuddy's goal in particular did us see out the scene out the game after that yeah and the scores for Shamrocks I think just came an awful lot easier as well didn't they like you know the village as I said they made a good start and they threw everything out there in the in the first couple of minutes but uh, all the scores that they got were really laboured weren't they well sure it's typical uh, the, it's typical Ballyhale like I mean when you have this quality of Adrian Mullen Owen Cody and TJ Reid and Colin Fenley so that's four inter-county forwards that any county team in any other county would love to have you know and then you bring in the likes of Richie Reid who's outstanding centre-back Dara Corkin and Evan Sheffield that half-back line you know all over the field that just had those stars but look you know it's very difficult James Stevens or the village can have no shame in the performance they had they met a, they've met one of the best teams of all time and they hurled very well they gave the fight to them for a long time and they were as we said yes they were on the ropes towards the end but they still, when they pushed up the field, Keane Kenny pushed up the field in the last five, six minutes. Maybe that should have happened sooner or later. They seemed, when the extra man, they seemed confused and a little de- devoid of options or ideas. And maybe that didn't, it, it actually went against them. The sending off actually went against them. Which often happens, as Taggy said on the day, it often happens a 15 man or 14 man team. The 14 man team often hurl better. And in this case, they did. But look, it's no shame to the village. They put up, a, as I said, a great performance. Everybody and anybody 
you know, expected the Shamrocks win at the end of the day. But for, for 20 minutes, for, for the first half, at come, the turn in the, at half time, you'd give the village a great chance. And then when they went down, as I said, when uh, Shamrocks went down a man, then you'd said, this, this is the chance, if there's ever a chance for the village. But uh, that wasn't to be, as we said, because no. as we know, no. Ballyhale just drove it on from there. Yeah, and look, that was a big talking point from the match as well, the sending off the red card. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I don't think really anyone could could argue it. Looking at the TV footage, uh, especially, I, I don't think there was much arguing there. It definitely was a red, I think, Ronnie. Yeah, again, we were on the far side, couldn't see, but anyway, talking to anybody and everybody after the game um, there was no there was no issue whatsoever everybody and anybody at the game and that side in particular and anyone that was on TV um, did warrant a red card in that case just a, a moment of madness out of Paddy maybe for the minute but again um, didn't disrupt the team didn't disrupt uh, the momentum but um, it wasn't a, thankfully it wasn't a, a, it wasn't part of the game in the end because it's all about the brilliant performance of Paddy here yeah, and a ten out of fifteen uh, players scoring from play as well. Like it was a complete team for performance, wasn't it? Yeah, look, and that's what it is all year with Ballyhale, like in the Shamrocks. They, you know, during the year there were short a good few players. Then uh, you know, I mean, namely Joey and then Colin Fendi. They have Brian Cody there yesterday either. Uh, he's still injured. They, um, you know, and as we said, all over the field they're just getting stronger and better. You know, and again, you know, not taken firm, but like you just wonder. After that performance again yesterday, where's the, where's the, who's going to catch them or who's going to try and take them on next year? Because look, they're still relatively young. Okay, Joey, Colin Fenley, and and, and TJ maybe are the wrong side of thirty, but take those three guys out of it. It's a very very young Shamrocks team. But those three guys, Joey, TJ, and Colin, they're huge uh, leaders and huge have huge influence on them. But look, Shamrocks are going to be there. And as someone observer suggested. That's five in a row, but he said the way they performed, they could be going for ten in a row unless we all get a rack together in the rest of the clubs. Yeah, definitely. Well, look, well done to to Shamrocks, um, completing the five in a row there, historic uh, feat in Kilkenny. Uh, lovely talking to you as always, Ronnie. Uh, and Sherlock will be, I'm sure, I'll be back on to you again soon. Anyway, to to have a chat on the show. But thanks a million. Excellent. Thanks, Shabane. All right. Thank thanks, Roddy. That was uh, Adrian Ronnie Ronan there. He was, of course, doing commentary on Shamrocks versus James Stevens in UPMC Nolan Park yesterday. We're going to take a quick ad break. Um, and coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Niall Lacey and Pat Hoban uh, after that historic win for Shamrocks yesterday. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartskoda.ie. Let Carlo Kilkenny KCLR. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, as promised before the break, uh, I said that you'd hear from Niall Lacey and Pat Hoban, of course, selector and manager of Ballyhale Shamrock. So here is that interview now. Now, Niall Lacey. Selector, trainer with Ballyhale Shamrocks. First of all, congratulations. Were you worried at any time? Of course you are. When you're playing James Stevens, you know what we're going to bring to the, to the occasion. Um, we went down to 14 players. All right, I can't remember what we were up, three or four points up at the time, so three points up, yeah. So it was going to be a serious battle ahead. But, you know, they, they really dug deep, players. Uh, um, and when they went down to 14, they... The hurling they produced was just incredible. The character they showed, the spirit, uh, and their hurling came through in the end. You know, they're a super bunch to work with, incredible players. We've watched them, supported them, and often wondered how good they were. But 
that when they were down to 14 men they really really just turned into the shamrocks that we all dream to be or to be involved with the, the leaders like the young lads particularly like TJ and Colin were excellent but the younger lads just got better as the game went on yeah look the likes of Adrian Mullen Owen Cody Richie Reid Dara Corcoran Ronan Corcoran Evan Shefflin all these guys and they're all super super hurlers and great players to work with and real leaders like you know you don't have to do a whole lot with them and coax them into coaching wise and what you want to do with them they're just real serious leadership on the field always you know goal chances were plenty on both sides and you'll feel you had plenty of chances you missed plenty of chances and equally uh, the village will think they had chances but when they went with the extra man and you were down the, 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 down the man they seemed to be devoid of ideas you obviously had a plan or had you a plan? <laughs> well the plan is the, the players will always they will dictate it on the pitch in fairness with, with the leadership and, the, and they're very clever in their use of the ball they will play through the lines they'll go along if they need to but on this occasion when they needed to play through the lines they needed to get you know we went down we spoke to Dean at times we knew TJ was our outlet long puck out down on TJ he was catching ball and if we had to go short we went short Noel Lacey thanks very much and congratulations we have the, your fellow manager and selector you'll celebrate over the next two days Pat Hoban great great win I was talking to Noel great great win for you but at any stage were you worried uh, look to be honest I suppose um, with the sending off I suppose you're, you're, you know, and there was a little bit of breeze seemed to be picking up the, the village seemed to be getting a little bit of momentum uh, we were three points off I don't think we were ever led really you know, so we had that little bit of a cushion but uh, yeah I was worried at that stage you know you're saying how did they react but geez, they, remarked, they reacted unbelievably unbelievable in the first half TJ so, not solely but he led from the very beginning but in those last ten minutes before half time he really played a big influence on the game and then in the second half certainly that half back line came really good yeah, like, uh, no, to be fair, I think like a lot of people have said, TJ had a quiet season to this. I, uh, I genuinely felt, you know, there was one big game in him, and he, you know, uh, thankfully now today, half back line, uh, and I think we brought Adrian Mullen back out to the midfield after Paddy went off, and he really stormed into the game. But half back line, Evan, Richie, Derek Harker were just awesome, awesome. We talk about Ballyhead Shamrocks and how they turn these ordinary chaps into great hurlers. He did it again today. He brought on a Niall Shortle. He got four possessions. And he gets this wonder point from the sideline to win a county final. Something that any chap drinks, dreams of. Yeah, no, uh, to be fair, uh, Niall has started every match for us all year. Uh, we had a big call to make, uh, not starting him today. So it was really, I'm delighted for the young lad to get in and, 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 and make that difference. And the same with Killian Corker. Another chap has played every minute of every match. Again, you know, we had tough calls to make. With it, uh, and I was delighted he got on the field again at the end. The year is not over, of course. You have a Leinster Championship to play. And of course, Bally Gunner last year or in February ended the, end their sea's dreams have you even thought about the, the no. Leinster Championship at this stage I genuinely know no it's never ever been mentioned to be fair the goal was the county final I think you know you know all the all the history attached to winning this one all of the motivations for winning it to be honest no we haven't looked at it it's a few weeks away there's Kenny here going on a holiday there's a lots of things in between so look we'll sit down in the next week or so and we'll come up with a plan for that um, Valley Hale Shamrocks as we said five in a row 20 titles Tullerone but for your own self James Marr and Niall Lacey your first county final senior you're obviously you can't under serious pressure getting involved with a Shamrocks team like that it was a big ask to go in there and try and replicate and win the county final yeah look a huge ask but it's such an honour you know what I mean like when the, when the opportunity came I think anybody who, who's interested in hurling would have to grab it you know uh, uh, you're, you're working with some of the best players in the country so 
you know, whatever the outcome was, it was always going to be a privilege and an honour just to get to work with those guys. Pat Hoban, Shamrock's manager, Belly Hill, congratulations. Thank you very much, Ethan. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was great uh, here and there from the management team of Ballyhale Shamrocks, uh, Adrian, Ronnie, Ronan catching up with them after the final whistle. Going to take a quick ad break now. Coming up after the break, I'm going to be speaking to the secretary of Carlo LGFA, Donald Nolan. Uh, we'll be chatting about the opening round of the Leinster Ladies Football Championship. So do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, there were mixed results for Old Lachlan and Aero Og at the weekend as the Leinster Ladies Football Championship kicked into action. Uh, to talk us through those games, I'm joined on the line now by Secretary for Carlo LGFA, Donald Nolan. Uh, Donald, how are you keeping? How are you, Sinead? Good. Good, good. Uh, I mentioned there a couple of games at the weekend uh, in the, the Leinster Championship. Era Og fell short to St. Martins of Wexford there on Sunday. Uh, disappointment uh, for, for them, Donald, uh, to be knocked out so early after performing so well in Carlo. Yeah, I, I guess Era Og themselves, speaking to some of the some of the mentors on the team, you know, they were, you know, were kind of hoping for a run, if you like, in Leinster. But after winning Carlo, winning the intermediate with a young up-and-coming team, you know, anything anything after that would have been a bonus. While they're disappointed, I think overall after the year, I think with a young team like that, they'll be they'll be happy enough with their year. I think you know. Yeah, definitely. And then old Lachlan, then a lot better fortune uh, for them in the intermediate championship. Um, albeit just a one point victory for for them. Uh, plenty of drama en route to that too. That's right. Yeah. Now, while Rog played in horrendous horrendous. Uh, Conditions in 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 Carlo. Um, O'Loughlin played up in Caloocan in County Westmead. It's the Westmead uh, Intermediate Champions. Caloocan. Um, a number of those Caloocan players now would have played Raharney the day before in the Camogie final, which they won by a point after extra time. So I think that may have gone in O'Loughlin's favour. But even so, O'Loughlin probably I would say themselves they would say they made uh, they made kind of heavy work of it. You know. Um, started well I'd say started off with it shooting into a, a four point lead you know before Kalukan got on the scoreboard and Kalukan came back then with a, a goal and two points you know so it was a, it was one of those type of games it was it was close all the way along uh, O'Loughlin got a point back before half time meant that you know they were going in at, at half time 1-6 to 1-3 uh, just before half time O'Loughlin were awarded a penalty actually and you know, you might say an advantage would have been a fairer uh, result, but anyway, they were awarded a penalty, and uh, the penalty was saved by the Caloocan keeper, uh, Aoife O'Donnell. So uh, it was actually taken by the O'Loughlin keeper, Nicole Hanley. So it was keeper against keeper, and uh, it was a good save in fairness. So they went in, you know, just three points at half time. Yeah, um, and, and we're we're kind of um, running a bit short just on time now. Before I let you go, though, Donald, that was the preliminary round. So who will they be playing in the quarter final? Do you know? Quarter final now they play at Longford Slashers, um, and that will be probably an away game. So they'll be travelling to Longford for that. Uh, the Olafian ladies will. Very good. Uh, so we have yeah. that one to to look forward to um, there. Anyway, well, listen, Donald, lovely having you on the show. Um, no next time we have you on, we'll have you on for a lot longer. But thanks for giving us the lowdown on everything that happened there in um, in the Leinster Championship of the LGFA. Uh, so yeah, thanks no so much, and look, we'll we'll chat to you again very soon. 
Thanks, Ned. Thanks, that. thanks a million. Uh, that was uh, Donald Nolan there. He's the secretary of Carlo LGFA. Uh, we're coming up towards the end of the show now. Uh, I, I just want to give my thanks to everyone that was on with me earlier on. Of course, Anya Fahi talking about uh, the the junior, intermediate, and the senior finals. Of course, Adrian Ronnie Ronan, good friend of the show as well, uh, coming on, joining us, talking about uh, the the senior final in the hurling um, and Donald just there as well all of those post-match interviews as well uh, Owen is up next for Fully Loaded I'll be back here same time same place next week for full time so do make sure that you join me then uh, I will chat to you again very soon Full time on KCLOR with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny LaHartsSkoda.ie